Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Jones, Southampton are looking for another new manager. Welcome along to the Football Ramble. It's Monday, the 13th of February. I'm Jules Breach. Uh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Luke Moore. Wow. <laughs> Not even a prayer could get us off to a good start no. this Monday morning. <laughs> I, almost, I, almost lived, I almost lived my dream there, which was to get <laughs> oh. to say, I'm Pete Donaldson. God is watching. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on an episode of the Football Ramble, but Correct. cruelly denied. How are you both? <laughs> good, thanks. Good. Yeah? Pretty good. Feeling great to be back on the show on a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's got his um, Premier League manager's just been sacked trousers on. I have, yeah. Celebration. Do, yeah. I mean, they Badly are stinking because there's so many have been fired. <laughs> he, ne- he never washes them? Never really? washes them. I'm like Jim Morrison, but yeah. with P45s. Yeah, but in, in, <laughs> something. The, in the era of Jim Morrison when he was just really pistol time, he used to wet himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the cool one. When not he was the cool the snake, one, no. The snake guy, yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, well, it's him. Take it out with Peter. Don't look at me. Yeah, it's Peter. I clean my jeans all the time. <laughs> Clip that. Need yeah, it. Are you sure? Need it. I don't look right clean. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to know. Yeah, yeah. What was your highlight of the weekend, Pete? Back, oh, back to it. Well, I mean, it's kind of, mine's in between um, Shakira apparently moving her house <laughs> off Gerard Piquet's land. Um, nice. It was later to be found to be not true, but for that brief moment, I thought, that's going to be my highlight of the week, and I feel like it's been stolen from me yeah, by the truth. I feel like it's been stolen from me, because you didn't add that bit. No, I know. you told us earlier. Yeah, when, I, when, I, looked at, when I looked at the document again, I said, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a disclaimer, it's, it's not true. Right, okay. Well, so the, your highlight of the weekend is... There's the, something that didn't happen. Not the happen. football, none no. of the football. It's the no. idea, in theory, of Shakira moving her house off Gerard Piquet's land. didn't actually happen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's my highlight of the week. a busy yeah. weekend, or...? <sighs> not really. <laughs> Sung some karaoke on Saturday. Did you? So, so Ooh. really from that. What's your go-to? Go on then. Uh, my go-to uh, was uh, uh, Papa Roach Last Resort. Oh, that is what nice. What a tune. That is, I can see you giving that the aggression. Do and you also, a, do you want to have a little listen? Yeah. Hang on. Of you doing it? Yeah. Absolutely. Got a little Come clip. on then. Hang for it. It's just good stuff. All round. It's quite out, really out of tune. I wouldn't have known Oi. what song that was. Oi. I would not know, have known <laughs> right. what song that was. All right, I'm giving you, right, I'm giving you two both barrels here. Come right. on, Jules, then, Jules. I need a bit is more. This, is this your highlight of the week? Oh, for God's sake. The Scottish Premier shite. There, Wickham leading Derby by no two goals to one in Adonian Thistle as they lead the Scottish Premier shite at uh, Premiership side. <laughs> you are idiots. You. That's Jules's. Stop it. That's Jules's that's equivalent of when a, a political reporter called Jeremy Hunt, Jeremy Cunt. Yeah, accident, endlessly, yeah. repeatedly, until the end of time. Uh, to be fair, he's thrown that back at you there, Jules. Yeah. He really has, hasn't he? Yeah. But he's could I, me could, there. A return, if you will, tennis fan. It's very hard when you're when you're speaking very quickly on score on a Saturday yeah. not to slip up. That's just your Scottish job, though, isn't it? Premiership yeah. side is what I meant to say. But you're supposed to be good at it. Riled up by the derby. 
You're, you're not a competition winner. Just go on there and go, this is actually really hard. Yeah. You're supposed to be good at it. You lot were like competition winners when you originally came on. We were. We could yeah, never get right, in yeah. the telly, so don't worry about yeah. us. Um, That's why we weren't invited back. Going back to your karaoke thing, Peter, I think people would have... This is my last resort. Should have been that, but they should have been filming. Yeah, sorry. No problem. I was in the zone. I'm not asking people to film me. First of all, would you have thought Breach would have been a, a Papa Roach fan? Uh, no. To the point I where she imagine. can recite How some of the lyrics. How dare you? I can ima- I'm <laughs> Why to think- judge me like that? Because I'm sure thinking, like, Jules, you were probably like 16. That's probably that's primal kind of yeah. uh, paparazzi time, I suppose, not it? Angsty. Angsty, yeah. What yeah. kind of music is Rihanna? Halftime show? Anyone watch it uh, last night? No, we're uh, in here this morning early, weren't we? Yeah, no, but yeah. you've got to catch up the next day, haven't you? You've got to catch yet. up the next day, yet. haven't you? Um, can, I, can I just <laughs> go, briefly go back to Pete's karaoke before I give my highlight of the weekend? Uh, and that's that people would have heard the, the singing on down the mic because it's obviously an audio show. What they haven't seen is what we've seen, <laughs> which is basically mm. a man in a green roll neck mm. screaming into a microphone in his living room. as yeah. well. In a converted jail in Canterbury. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Do you know? Do you know what's um, quite um, intimidating about that video mm. is that it's very light. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. You yeah. Can't yeah. I tried the lights t- dimmed. Tried bit, turning the lights down, and the man the and the badger right. kept coming up saying, "You need the lights on level three. And we had this running oh, pitch battle between how high the lights were supposed to go in the karaoke. I prefer them dark because I don't want people to see the people to see my shame and I and, and he insisted on them being very light it's, it's, for me in karaoke it's you don't want people to see the strain in your face as you try and reach the notes <laughs> yes. that's the bit I exactly. thought it was a reflection of your trousers I'll be true yeah, yeah. Yeah. anyway my God, Luke, of, what's yours? people are crying out to hear some football chat I'll, my heart of the weekend was undoubtedly and I will not let this stand because of all the other stuff that went on which we're going to go and talk about Nathan Jones you've already mentioned him mm. uh, no one is speaking enough <laughs> about Jan Bednarak's own goal, it which was... was, for a professional footballer of any level, let me make this absolutely clear, completely scandalous. It's so it, bad. I don't think it was. I think it was just he was bored of the whole nonsense of the game and he was just like, I'm ending this. I'm just, I'm just going to stumble into the net. He looked at the football yeah. like um, he was having a walk through... A field and a mole just popped out the hole. And he was like <laughs> dancing around. What, what the fuck is that? Like, and he he kicks the ball presumably every single day of his life. And, and very rarely mm. at the Premier League level do you get a situation where you put your mind into a Sunday League footballer. Me and Pete both poor Sunday League footballers. And if you had done that, Pete, you'd probably been talking about it on this show. Mm. You'd been ashamed yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. And he is a guy playing international level and at Premier League level to do that and not enough be made of it I just can't let it stand I can't let it I, go I felt really sorry for him I'm not going to lie we, so obviously this was one of the three o'clock kickoffs on Saturday Southampton against Wolves yeah. um, and we had Francis Benali Southampton legend watching the game and obviously he then has to describe <laughs> that own goal and I kind of just was like oh no this is really bad this kind of sums up what's happening at Southampton I'm trying to be as neutral as possible at this point Franny's really upset by this goal and down the other end of the studio, you've got Chris Sutton and Julian Laurent hysterically laughing. They yeah. thought it was like the funniest thing they'd ever seen. So I yeah. think they're with you on that one, Luke. Yeah. The most Julian Laurent has laughed since someone served him red wine with fish, probably. <laughs> um, um, you've got to remember with Francis Benali, it's a tough one because for where I'm from, as a player, Benali was, you know, Matt Letizia took a lot of the, uh, Matt Letizia was the Jupiter of the solar system. Yeah, took yeah, a yeah. lot of the attraction. He doesn't believe in it. <laughs> 
Benali, Benali was a very, very hated character. Yeah. And it's difficult for me because clearly in retirement, he's the nicest he's man. He's the nicest guy. man, he really but, is. But I also think Benali had a tough weekend because he was the guy on BBC later that night yeah. or whenever Nathan Jones was fired. And the BBC reporter, knowing he had loads of contacts at the club, was just berating him for a name. <laughs> well, who, who is it then? Is it you? Is it going to be you? And Francis <laughs> Benali was like, no, it's not me. No, it's not me. <laughs> so he's had a tough weekend all round, yeah. really. Uh, what a, I mean, it was... It was as bad as it could have been for Southampton, wasn't it? Especially because Wolves go down to 10 men. And at that point, you think, right, they're 1-0 up. Wolves are down to 10 men. They'll mm. win this. And there could, you never know, this, there could be a bit of a turnaround for Southampton after this. And to lose to 10 men in the way they did, as Luke's pointed out, with one of the most shambolic equalisers to, it's, it's, to get Wolves back in the game, it's just, it's awful, isn't it? Relegate them both. It was like watching two dinosaurs in a tar pit fighting over the last leaf. Just like, just fucking get rid of them. Just an absolute waste of time. Um, The the goal mouth action. I mean, the third goal was decent and that put a big old cherry on a big poo because it was the rest of it was just like, just people stumbling around and stuff. The first goal was a turgid. It It was awful. It is remarkable how often you do see football at this level. They just just bimbling about. It's almost like early night, you're like, oh, the birth of the Premier League. And yeah. you got you look at the Premier League in 1994. Yeah. You know? I mean, for every Liverpool, Newcastle or whatever, there was some absolute turgid they, matches. They, they were so low on confidence, Southampton, that when mm. um, Adama Traore picked up the ball every time, they just looked so frightened. Mm. Yeah. And the writing was on the wall for Nathan Jones, of It course. was, yeah. it was. The writing was on the wall. Everyone was talking about whether this was the, the match that would either, you know, get in the sack or or not. And it was in the Mm. end. Yesterday it was announced that um, Nathan Jones had lost his job. He only had three months in charge and just a handful of games to be able to get Southampton off the bottom of the table. And and they stay there now. That's exactly where they sit after that 2-1 defeat to Wolves. Um, No one's really surprised by it. Even the Southampton fans were expecting it, Pete, because (laughs) a couple of them went in with the most impeccable banner. It was great. Great stuff. I mean, I can't figure out whether whoever's um, parent has got the like a large format printer but I didn't see any seams there it didn't seem to be four or five uh, Air Force sheets glued together it was They've a P45 cleared, right it was a P45 but it was massive like branding all sorts two size it was even printed in colour had yeah. Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs at the top beautifully put together just imagine well done. I love the idea of a family bonding session <laughs> that yeah. involves a father and a son going down front of print <laughs> mocking up a big P45 for the so manager this, yeah. ma- this father and son duo they've they've printed out if you haven't seen it please find it it's amazing a P45 that which they filled in with Nathan Jones details yeah. it's amazing hang on they've got his national insurance number on that have they got that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The reference number was actually printed on there as well. Do you know what it was? No. Did you look that closely? No, right. 541 knob. Oh, that's, that's, that's take it down to the trenches that's there. Childish. But I think we have to be absolutely clear though and say that you know there's there's lists that you know clickbaity lists that websites write and publish online around things like the top 10 worst Premier League managers ever. And you know Nathan Jones's reign at Southampton is yeah, he's absolutely risible. It's a risible situation from start to finish. I yeah. love how spicy you get when but, Southampton are doing bad stuff. If you when, look, he, when he, like, when he, he really goes in, doesn't he? You know he? what? When he was sacked, the, the WhatsApp group, the Football Ramble WhatsApp group was like, Luke's going to enjoy this one. Yeah. Luke's going to be happy tomorrow. <laughs> listen, Portsmouth got beat 3-1 by Plymouth. He's coming Plymouth, in so. here today. <laughs> he's coming in really confident. Summer. Would you take Nathan Jones at Portsmouth if no, it doesn't go embarrassment. <laughs> he's a stat like, monster. It's an embarrassment. It's the best in Europe. Fans will managed feel, higher up than, than Portsmouth. Southampton will, feel, Southampton will feel very comforted. Southampton fans who are listening to this right now, mm. if there are any, which probably aren't, um, 
they'll feel very comforted to know that despite everything that's gone on over the last three months, you know, Luton's XG was apparently very good. <laughs> and so Nathan Jones can hold his, hold his head high. Seriously, if you look at those lists of worst ever Premier League managers, he will slot right in there. It's a terrible appointment from the start. Um, it was only going to go Why was way. it a terrible appointment from the start? Because he was well known as being quite an odd character. Mm. But does that who... necessarily make you a bad manager? I mean, they're all pretty odd, aren't well, they? Well, what's, what's interesting is that when, when he first took the job, there was quite a lot of reports coming out saying that man management-wise, people quite liked him. Right. But he was clearly an odd character and clearly is an odd character. And there was quite rapidly after that a lot of reporting saying that you know, coaching wise tactics wise the players just aren't, aren't having him I think yeah. he was that is massively and we saw in, in this game how confused well, he he yeah. he, he, he didn't, did, so if you think about the, take this, I don't want to bore about it all day but very very quickly take this example they come out the back of the World Cup where he's had what six weeks to work with the players mm. they come out the first game out of the World Cup I think they had some of the lowest um, amount of players first, at, wasn't it yeah, yeah but they had one of the lowest um, amount of players going to the World Cup anyway I think yeah um, and they come out the first game of the World Cup, and I think he changed formation five times in mm. the first game. Mm. You think, okay, well you sh- you've had a lot of time to stamp your authority down here and yeah. know how you want to play, and he's not been able to do that. I-, I thought the whole thing, not just the fact that he-, he-, he said some of the stuff he said, which I know you'll come on to, the whole thing from start to finish, obviously know what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, and the first league game after the World Cup as well was Boxing Day against Brighton. I was there, mm. and I was expecting... I was expecting so much better from them, especially, you know, the, the whole new manager thing at a club and all that time he had to work with the players and they were atrocious. They want, they are, well, they're the worst team I've seen live this there you season. Go. Theo Walcott um, off the bench was one of their best players. That yeah. is a hitch and you're like, yeah, I mean, it's not a you, great start, is it? You talk, you talk about the character as well. I mean, I think he's, as you say, he's quite well known for being slightly odd. I think that's fair to say and I think he would understand people saying that as well and his press conferences have shown that that recently as well. There was something funny I saw on Twitter the other day, actually. It was before the sacking where someone said every time Nathan Jones opens his mouth, they can't decide whether he's David Brent Mm. or Jay from the Inbetweeners. And and he literally is like one of those kind of characters. It's like he's, he he doesn't really like plan what he's going to say and it just all comes out. And I think he's been that sort of character even from when he, he was a coach at Brighton back in the day, in his time at Luton, at Stoke as well. But in terms of what he's done on the pitch with with Luton, particularly, he got them to their highest ever finish last season in the Championship, got them into the playoffs. But then, but then, he's had the right to be there, though, wasn't he? Yeah, but then, but then, well, then he undermined his whole record at Luton by basically out, artificially inflating it in every single <laughs> Southampton fucking press conference. Best coach in Europe. Yeah, so but you weren't. The, you, he said there were very few clubs in Europe that were better than us. It's, it's bullshit. Um, and the quote he gave after the, the Wolves game about the 10 men thing, which is, I think to be fair... You I do think, see that a lot though, but the, the, when, when they go down to 10. Shall I, yeah, shall I explain what, say that no, shall I explain what say he that. said if yeah. everyone didn't hear it? He said, to me, the 10 men was to our detriment because it made it a free hit for Wolves in terms of stuff. It added more pressure on us and it shouldn't be like that. It, I mean, it is like that frequently in Premier League games. It is, but... Yeah. As a coach, you should have a plan for if they go down to ten, and if you go down to ten or nine. Like you have to have a plan. You have a man <laughs> advantage that cannot yeah. be to your own detriment. Yes, yeah, sometimes the teams probably put in that extra little bit of effort if they're down to ten because they know they've got one less man on the pitch. But mm. you yeah, should but have you also, have the advantage. You should at be, home against you should a team who, when you're one nil up as well. At home against a team, you one nil up. At home against a team who only Everton have scored fewer goals in the mm-hmm. Premier League. Mm. And I think, you know, didn't Wolves have a ridiculous out-of-the-blue result against Liverpool, which essentially has inflated their goals for record yeah. anyway. And, and so they, they basically never really score. In fairness to them, they've been scoring more goals under Julian Lopetegui. I think they'd only scored 
eight goals before he came in mm. and they've scored a, a hatful since then, since he's taken charge. So they have been better under Lopetegui, but mm. still, as you say, Luke, this, this isn't a team that are known for for scoring goals. And, and no. well, you've already talked about the Bednarek one that, that got them back into it. Um, but yeah, what what next for Southampton now then? Who, who are they calling the on? Because <laughs> apparently Jesse Marsh has been linked with it. Yeah. Not good enough for Leeds, but he's going to keep Southampton in the Premier League. But it's the Gerard Lampard Sharks that are so no, I love, though, I love, isn't it? I love the recruitment um, drive, which is just that they've gone from priding apparently data and metrics <laughs> above everything else to hire Nathan Jones, which is what's been reported, to just... I mean, Jesse Marsh is still in the country at the moment, isn't he? So if we just get him, he's got the other end of the scale. Is it? Is it? He's on the Heathrow Express. Turn it around. <laughs> yeah. no, Turn it around. Who's geographically the closest out of man out of work manager in the country? They can have the job. Do it like a reality show. Whoever gets here first gets it. <laughs> yeah. I'd actually really like a reality show for a managerial job in the Premier League. That would, I'd watch that. Oh, like like five or six out of work managers, and 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 yeah, and, and they pay tasks. much more money to get like a Sam Allardyce or something, and it's like five <laughs> managers going for one job, and it's like I don't know, you get tested well, like Love Island, like Love, but just get that bit. Where they film? Sorry, Love uh, could have a chat, Sam. Just put all the old managers in there yeah. and make them wear um, branded speedos. Yeah, and um, they have to, and then they can get as pissed as they want. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what, yeah, what in speed? <laughs> Just in practice <laughs> yeah. speed does. And, to, and artificially inflate their own achievements. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, well, there you go. Southampton, bottom of the table. They've lost again. They've lost Nathan Jones as their manager. Uh, we'll see who gets appointed there. Um, Leicester beat Tottenham 4-1. This was, for me, one of the most surprising results of, of the weekend. Tottenham yeah, fell to f- pieces. Not for me. No? You no. expected this? <laughs> No, I didn't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, four goals. I wouldn't say I'd expected it. Two games in a row. I wouldn't say I expected it, but Spurs have got that in their locker. You know, they've definitely got that kind of behaviour in their locker. And um, as Big Pav said to me over the weekend, he said, you know, it's good to get confirmation that the club are definitely built on an Indian burial ground. Just totally <laughs> cursed, whatever they do. The big, the big issue is um, not just the performance, which was shambolic, shambolically bad. It it's, not, it's not often I agree with Tim Sherwood, <laughs> but his assessment of it was broadly the case. Uh, but it was also the fact that they've just got injuries now to key players. I mean, they're, they're not anywhere near as good a team without Romero. They're not anywhere near as good a team without Benton Core. Obviously scored in the game, then got injured and is now going to be out for the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you had an interesting point about Lloris, which I kind well, of didn't consider, but him being missing now seems to be a problem for them, even though that what you said, they always get, they always get slagged yeah, off anyway. Well, this is the thing. Nacho's goal was a, oh, like, it, was it was like a dribbled oh, finish, wasn't it? Yeah. No, no one even was taking, a, taking control of it. Because Foster's like, he's one of those guys who one-on-one, you'd, you're back him every massive. time because he's massive Presence, and, he's, yeah, yeah. and he's quick. But like, for that, I just think he, that part of his game is a little bit lacking at times. Well, he just looks like a goalkeeper doesn't play very often. Yeah. And he hasn't. Well, I, I just think that there's there always seems to be these sort of murmurs of Hugo Lloris isn't good enough for Spurs anymore, mm. and, and that a lot of that does come from Tottenham fans as well. That you know he's he's got mistakes in him, doesn't mm. he? And we we see them quite often in the Premier League. Unfortunately, we didn't see them uh, for France against England in the World Cup. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, he does tend to make those those errors from time to time, and you hear you know the fans calling, oh, you know, is it time to replace him? Blah blah blah. And then as soon as he's injured, they're like, oh, we need Larice back now. Fraser yeah. Forster isn't quite, quite, um, you know, up to it. And I, it just, it makes me wonder why they maybe didn't invest in another goalkeeper in January if they were thinking that, but maybe they've got someone in their mind to bring in long-term mm. in the but summer. They, they have, they're looking at um, um, Onana, aren't they? Onana. Yeah. Who's, who's, What's uh, his name? Andrew Onana. <laughs> 
What? What's funny about it's that? It's a Rihanna song. Is it? Oh, no, no. We didn't watch, watch the Super Bowl. Come on! You, but you know what, what's my name? Mate, here with my granddad's. Really. Right, Pete, get involved. <laughs> I love a bit of Rihanna. Pete wants Umbrella's one of the best pop songs of our generation. Pete once accidentally our called generation. the Wu-Tang Clan the Wu-Tang Crew. So don't come stepping up here with <laughs> you, a Rihanna expert. They're not a pop act, though, are they? <laughs> <laughs> um, they also, apparently, this will sort it out, um, there's been rumours that they're um, looking to kind of pick up uh, Ben Foster. Yeah, so, I mean, he's retired. GK. I know what you th- imagine the boardroom meeting there. I know what you're thinking, right? But work with me on this. TikTok. YouTubers. <laughs> could we get a YouTuber in uh, for content reasons who could also play in goal? I mean, it's not it's not great, is it? And I think the reason I said that um, they've got it in their locker is because it's a very, very bad sign, generally, across the board, if a team can follow up a really big win with a performance like that. Well, two big wins as well. They, they'd won two matches. They came into this match. I was... I was really confident that, that, that Spurs were going to win this because yeah. Leicester have been so unpredictable all season, so inconsistent. They got that big win at Aston Villa the week before Leicester, scored four goals in that. I was like, there's absolutely no way they're going to score that many goals again. But I don't actually think it's coincidence. I think it's James Madison's effect coming back. He started the last two games for, for Leicester He was now, very good. And he was very but, good. But the thing is, Jules, he didn't need scored, to be. They scored eight goals um, in their last two matches, Leicester. Um, I think we could see them on the rise now, Leicester. In fact, Fast was just taking the balls off everyone. He's just like, give me that ball. Mm. And, and and he 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 started so many moves like that. I would say that like it's like if I if I my job is driving. So say if I, say if I drive for eight hours a day, I'm more likely to have a crash. Spurs defend all the time, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. they're more likely to do bad defending. Yeah. You know it's, what I mean? It's, it's just don't just don't do as much yeah, defending. Yeah. And don't you think the fans also? And I'm not trying to say that Conte isn't a good manager because clearly his record is unbelievably good. He's top three. Yeah, but behind but, Sherwood and uh, <laughs> no, but that's just what well, you're going to win percentage thing again. Yeah, win percentage and but, Mason, but Mason, <laughs> Mason. <laughs> I'd be pleased to be in that top yeah, three, wouldn't he? Exactly. Um, but I just I do think that there's also a, a, a kind of a truth, like a truism about football fandom is that if your team are exciting and they try hard to go forward and they try and do things, mm. you kind of are much more forgiven about oh, yeah. them losing. Oh, Whereas yeah. Spurs, they're, they're an absolute fucking shambles when they play like that. And they, <laughs> they all, as Pete's already alluded to, they only really want to defend. And then not only that, if you had said to a, to a Spurs fan a few years ago, are oh, you going to be starting a Premier League game away from home? You're going to follow up. This is the, this is the endless frustration, I imagine, of being a Spurs fan. You're going to follow up a, a win against Man City, right? with a 4-1 defeat away at Leicester and your back three are going to be Jaffet Tanganga, Eric Dyer and Ben Davis with Fraser Forster in goal. It's just banter but, club central, isn't it? But also, why did why did why does Conte insist on playing with a back three? When those are your mm. options, why not just go to a back so four? So I've heard I've heard just, I've heard Spurs fans say that as well. I, right? I just don't get that. I mean when you've got those options yeah. and you've got a, a goalkeeper who hasn't played consistently, I, I just think I, I I would have gone with a back four and maybe played Kuliseski in like a ten role. They've and, just and they bought also, um, Dan Juma and and yeah. he could have played on the right. I just I personally I just don't get that. And then Poro had a poor debut. I think that's fair to yeah, say. Yeah, and he said was, he was sad about his that, debut. That was, that was, <laughs> I'm oh. sad about my debut. Oh, I feel a bit sorry. For him. And also that's another thing is that um, they were so desperate for him, weren't they? And then you see yeah. this debut and you're like, oh. But I think he's a good player. I just yeah, think he get, yeah, get yeah. up to speed. I also think on that system thing because I know we're not really a tactic show, but very very quickly because you just reminded me of it. I also some times come away from watching the Spurs thinking that they get overrun in midfield a bit with just two in there mm. and I think they expect Kane to fill in and he doesn't really fill in in that way and I think that was definitely a factor against Leicester because they had Mendy who played really well Dewsbury Hall did okay and Madison just buzzing yeah. around yeah. I think um, 
yeah, it was just a very, very poor day at the office for them. It was. It was. Um, right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a bit about some of the other big results from the weekend. And um, sadly, we will do a bit of VAR chat because it's needed. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot ramble. Well, now, Jules, um, look at this. Oh, You've got a fresh board. God I think this is a slightly sake. better board. I'm going to go for Dangerous Minds. <laughs> dangerous Minds. Yeah. Worst ever. Why have you done that? Point. I didn't do it. Why yeah. Why has <laughs> this come back up? I forgot about that. I was trying to erase that from my memory like so, it never happened. First of all, I've got an issue with this. Celebrity pointless, <laughs> right? <laughs> Barrel scraping, no, 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 no. Can I just say, I was, I was not the celebrity. I was with Susie Perry, who is a celebrity. Right, okay. I was basically her plus one. Well, they had no, they had no one else to come on. <laughs> no, they, wanted, they wanted a sports special. And you stank, and you stank the place Susie out. Susie asked there me as well. to go with her. Uh, I was awful. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. But how am I meant to know? I don't remember what the question was. Was it like it's about movies, wasn't it? Films from like 1920 or something you, stupid. Did you pick Dangerous no, Minds? 1994's Dangerous it, Minds. It was, I think it was Oscar. 
Oscar-winning films of the 80s. Right, yeah, Dangerous Minds in the 90s, I'm afraid. Yeah, I know, but Liaisons yeah. was the answer. Oh, okay, right. See, so yeah. I wasn't far off. Yeah. My uh, yeah. agent once emailed everybody on the agency by accident, and Susie Perry was also represented by um, my agent, and... Um, I was very surprised at the host of Channel 5's The Gadget Show um, had an AOL uh, address. <laughs> AOL email address. Disappointed. What's yeah. wrong with that? It's just not very futuristic. I've still got Hotmail. <laughs> you have actually. You actually yeah, have. have. What are the What are the acceptable domains? CompuServe. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Back to the football. Um, thank you to Mark Wallace on Twitter who brought our attention to the Absolute scenes north of the border yesterday. This is great. It's um, Rangers against Partick Thistle in the Scottish Cup. And Premier shite in the Scottish Premier Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it. North of the shitty border. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rangers beat Partick Thistle 3-2, but it all kicked off when uh, Malik Tillman scored the second goal for Rangers. Now, what happened was he went down injured inside Partick's half and Rangers kicked the ball out of play. Partick then were about to kick the ball back to them when Tillman, who's quite a young young player as well, closed down the defender, won the ball, ran through on goal and <laughs> scores. As he set off to celebrate, he was immediately hauled back, shoved to the floor and encircled by screaming Partick Thistle players. Absolutely furious with, with this. Yeah, so then um, they... Then, so then basically Rangers allowed Partick to score, right? Yes. But so, so, so to, to even it up. So but- Mick Beale kind of requested that, that this happened, the Rangers manager. And then Alan McGregor agreed to it very begrudgingly. <laughs> he just basically kept trying to pretend to tackle him, <laughs> which is just a weird flex. But anyway, the, the, the thing about this, which is I think is interesting, is that so the Partick throw the ball back in. Defender, whose name escapes me, I can't remember exactly which defender it was, took about 14 touches to get it under control, which Malik Tillman then nipped in because yeah. the touch was so bad. And then there was about three phases of play where, <laughs> where, where Partick could have just Thought, okay, this is now happening. Yeah, let's stop it. Yeah, rather than, but the, what they see, the option they seemed to go for was, let's just let him do it, and then we'll complain about it afterwards. <laughs> which to me seems like a really weird thing to do. So, uh, I, I thought it was a very, very odd situation. And then, obviously, Rangers letting them go up the other end of the score was, I suppose, the right thing to do. Mm. But just then, then, football. I think football needs to be better at this kind of thing. Yeah, there needs to be some, I know because it's, it's like the problem is the grey area is like an unwritten gentlemanly thing, isn't yeah. it? And people aren't always going to do that. It's unusual. It doesn't happen very often, but we saw it in the championship a couple of seasons ago. Yes, we ago, did. Didn't mm. we? It's Leeds, Aston Villa. Yeah, Villa and Leeds. And Bielsa ordered his team to, yeah. to let him score. But yeah. I remember at the time everyone saying, oh, is that because because he's a foreign manager and, and that that's something that, you know, he's thinking we should do and that it's not something that but, happens but Jules, the in the English game. The football but... establishment in England it obviously <laughs> always says, I think it might just be because he's foreign. Yeah. I think they've got different customs. <laughs> yeah, do you remember when uh, Graham Souness said that Deserby didn't know our game? <laughs> yeah. And uh, look what he's done now, eh? Yeah. Look what he's done now. Did I'd you... love to see you take on Souness. You're probably the only person I'd back to take him on. Mm. <laughs> Physically, yeah, yeah. A bit like Shadow of the Colossus. Um, I can see you shoving a Brighton flag in, <laughs> in the back of his head. Into his belly button <laughs> while he's lying on the floor. <laughs> That's for Deserby. <laughs> did, uh, did you see the um, Celtic uh, banner? Uh, being unfurled I'm going to go with that MP beautiful yeah. and then the TV I oh, apologise <laughs> just a big C word 
<laughs> it's just unwelcome, isn't like, it? TV have the certain rules they have to adhere to, right? Off com yeah, rules, right? Because it happens in the boxing all the time. You can watch three minutes of two people smashing each other in the head. Yeah. And one of them, the trainers, has a swear word in the break. Sorry and they go, that. very sorry about that. I've <laughs> <laughs> you know, just seen quite a lot of blood, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Right. Back to uh, the Premier League action. Um, Arsenal won, Brentford won for the second match in a row. The Premier League leaders have dropped points after they lost to Everton last week. They couldn't quite respond and get all three points at home to Brentford. Um, I thought Brentford actually, despite the fact that there was this huge VAR controversy, Brentford played brilliantly in Mm -hmm. this game. Mm -hmm. It was a a really good football match. However, the big talking point is the fact that that Ivan Tony goal should not have stood for Brentford and that Arsenal really should have gone away with all three points. Um, It sets up a fascinating match on Wednesday between Arsenal and Man City, which we'll come on to. But the reason that Ivan Toney's goal shouldn't have stood is because Lee Mason reportedly forgot to draw the offside lines for Brentford's goal. Lee Mason was in the VAR and... This isn't the only incident from the weekend. There were there were another two high-profile ones, which we'll come on to as well. But that is unforgivable, isn't it? It's absolutely shambolic for the, the you know what is essentially one of the country's most important exports <laughs> to have this kind of stuff going on. I mean, what what I find interesting about it, uh, you know, you mentioned the Estupinian thing and the um, the Suchet thing in the West Ham game. The other one, I think <laughs> that was funny to. though. Yeah, but but, <laughs> but, but the, the issue I think is that. If a, the reason this was brought in in the first place is because referees make mistakes, right? And we decided as a community of football people, fans, whatever, that we didn't accept that. Mm. And now all we're essentially seeing is the same mistakes being made, which is an added level of technology and bureaucracy over the top. Mm. Because ultimately what it comes down to is just human beings. Yeah. And if human beings are interpreting it, then it's always going to happen. And people need to accept that. And I think what we're seeing now what I'm seeing now, I think. I don't know what are you seeing agree. now? I'm what seeing, are you seeing? <laughs> seeing quite a lot of things. <laughs> mostly those trousers. But, um, but um, is that you don't get the kind of 50-50 crowd now. You don't get the kind of... Remember when it first got implemented? Yeah. At first right. it was like, we need to do this definitely. Yeah, like yeah. Jim was one of them. Mm. And then you go, oh, well, actually, it just takes a while to people to get used to it. I've It'll seen be Jim crash his torso, to be fair. Yeah, it was true, exactly. <laughs> Um, don't let Jim on the AI. Fuck that. <laughs> um, but now you're not really seeing anyone defending it, are you? I, I, no. I don't see or hear on the because radio of the results. <laughs> because of the results. So, so the thing before is that with the with the offside in VAR, it was always kind of billed as well. It's factual, so you understand yeah. that one. And I was, Especially I was, I was decision. in that camp. I yeah. was actually okay with that. For for, and, for, for, for offside decisions, I think um, VAR are just or. I think just machine learning and AI yeah. should be implemented rather than just throwing more humans at it because it that should, just throws yeah. more... But you got, you, it should but be accurate. Respectfully, you're both wrong of the law as it stands because the law also requires an official human being to decide whether interfering well, in play or not. But you can still do that, but you can still do that with AI now. There's How? nothing I've seen... There's a million... But you've been talking about AI things. for about 15 years. But there's fair. a million things I've seen this year about AI Cup, where you they can where it. you can literally do all of the things that you're imagining all of these scenarios they can they can you throw it a lot they can throw a million different scenarios into a machine and they'll go right the, he wasn't interfering with a player he is interfering with a player he could they could have dealt with that fucking Rashford weird decision a few weeks ago they can do all but of you, that but stuff you don't now need, but you don't need a computer to no, that Rashford. You, That's no the point. you don't exactly exactly so at some point I, I understand what you mean but at some point 
Either take the humans out, don't add more humans in. Yeah, but they're never going to do that. And in the yeah. foreseeable future, there's always going to be a human element to it. It's always going to fuck it up. And I think, you know, it's embarrassing. The stupid animal as well, where they drew, drew the lines from the wrong player. Don't get player. me started. I'm, I prefer not to speak. If I speak, <laughs> I, speak I will I'm be in, trouble. in big trouble. <laughs> I know football doesn't necessarily work like this, but, you know, Brighton have got a chance of having one of the best seasons in their history, possibly the best season in their history. If they fall short because of that... Two points. It's a wrong... It's That's wrong. cost us two points. It's just that wrong. It's... It's an absolute joke. How do you it's draw... Joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. How do you draw the lines from the wrong defender? You, you said to us before we came into the studio, you can't, can't wait even. to get stuck into Peter Walton on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Peter. Poor Peter. He's done nothing to deserve if, this. If I was Peter Walton, I wouldn't even bother turning up next week. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally going to be furious. Where'd you get a mace like, from? I, I, <laughs> I just... I do not understand how these two situations have happened on the same day mm. at the same time. Um, this, the, the PGMOL has actually uh, released a statement and this is what it said. They said, we can confirm its chief refereeing officer, Howard Webb, has contacted both Arsenal and Brighton to acknowledge and explain the significant errors in the VAR process in their respective Premier League fixtures on Saturday. Both incidents which were due to human error and related to the analysis of offside situations are being thoroughly reviewed by PGMOL. So they've admitted those are two clear mistakes that were down to human error. Now, I've been in the VAR booth. I have, I've had the, the benefit of being able to see how it all works. This was a couple of years ago. There isn't just one person that sits on each game. Mm. There is a VAR and a VAR's assistant. So in both of those occasions, two people have missed it. Yeah, mm. it's. It, I. I just don't understand how they can explain this other than well, they can't. They're, basically, it's human error. But what it's done is it could cost Arsenal the title. It could potentially cost Brighton a place in Europe. And mm. for West Ham and and Chelsea in that situation with Socek, which I know is quite amusing, but but it also isn't for Chelsea. They're desperate for wins, and and that could have potentially been the turning so, point for Chelsea in their season, and, getting three points. And the context to it is that all the clubs and all the fans were told. This will sort this out. That's the premise. Mm. The mm. premise before was that we had in refereeing human error and people decided they weren't they weren't happy with that and they wanted it to be better. It's objectively not better. No. And it's probably, unless things change and maybe Pete's AI ideas, maybe you should write a letter back to the PGMOL, talk about the chat GPT well, stuff well, you've been up to. Well, we <laughs> um, and can sort it out. But in the foreseeable future, it's not going to be sorted. You, can, no. you just have to fucking deal with it. And it's 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 soul destroying to think about because it massively overcomplicates the game anyway. And um, you know that's that's before you even get into the idea of sometimes you have to wait three or four minutes for a decision. I was at a Spurs game once. Oh, by the way, that I think the Arsenal one that was a, about a three-minute yeah, exactly. wait. Yeah. So how is it that in three minutes they've completely missed something? He's forgotten to do the main part of his job. Yeah, it's, so what's he doing in that time? I know, uh, right? He wasn't happy. Did anyone see his little rant that he uh, put out on social media? Yeah, love a little hoodie on. <laughs> A Massive hoodie. Is that one of those oodle things? It was, it, well, I is think that, it was, yeah. Because I very soft on the inside. It looked, I kind of it? forgot I was wearing one at the weekend when I went to the uh, paint shop. Oh, paint shop. Paint <laughs> shop. And I, and, I, and I got to the paint shop and I was like, I'm wearing inside clothes outside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I always do, though. I, I they say we can't not cross. In the, not we, in the paint shop. We can't sell that man paint. He did give us a trade <laughs> discount because I was wearing shorts like a dad. He'll probably do a rude daubing. <laughs> you're, wearing, you're wearing shorts as well. You're wearing shorts like a proper dad. Shorts in the DIY paint shop. <laughs> yeah, Good to see. I think it's, it's worth um, talking about Man City's win against Aston Villa. So they won yesterday 3-1. To me, it felt like after the turbulent week that they had... Um, and by the way, Pep Guardiola in his press conference, he had he had every ability to go into that and just go, 
just refer to the statement put no. out by the club. Yeah. I actually love the fact that he came out and had this 20 minute, you know, rant and answering all the questions that were put at him. I think it was the best thing he could have done for the fans, for the players. Um, and I think it actually whipped Man City up into, I don't know, being quite fired up for the game against Villa. Yeah, and, and they were very good in the first half. There was definitely an opportunity to do one of two approaches. You're right, and he <laughs> there, there was, yeah. and the one he went for it did work. But then Man City are a better team than Villa anyway, and the fact that Manchester City scored a goal so early on, set piece kind of goal where it was Villa were asleep a little bit. That kind of settled them a lot, I think. Mm. Um, but you know, it goes one way or the other. This thing because because they can use it as a way to develop this siege mentality, batten down the hatches. And, and say, look, this is how much everyone hates us. Let's show them who we are. Or it can really distract them. You know, and, and I think it's too early to say what will happen yet. Let's not, let's not forget that, like, City haven't been in amazing... They haven't looked in amazing shape no. anyway by their own standards. Of course, losing to Spurs, losing to Manchester United since the turn of the year in a derby match. Um, they obviously got knocked out by, the, by Southampton. You know, you know, possibly the worst team we've ever seen in the Premier League <laughs> um, in, in the League Cup as well. So it's not all been plain sailing for them. But they've got serious, like, big questions to answer. I thought the guys were pretty soft on them on Friday. I understand, you know, they're still waiting for information to come out and we'll wait and see how it develops. But, you know, Guardiola is saying the things that he's saying and maybe he's got a reason for saying it. You've, you've mentioned a couple of them, Jules. It's a lot of shit, though. But he's it? also talking <laughs> shit. I mean, he is, let's not forget, he is also talking shit. You know, I mean, he, he says, you know, we, we, we've defended this before, you know, we've, we've been found not guilty before, the rest of it. That's just not true. Like, they, they were able to overturn a decision by UEFA at the Court of Arbitrations for Sport for two main reasons. One, because there was procedural issues with, the, with how the case developed, which, you know, the, the appeal heard and, and agreed with. And secondly, because a lot of the charges were time-barred, which meant they couldn't bring them for basically a technicality. Now, that doesn't apply to the Premier League charges. The Premier League charges are different, and there's a fucking lot of them, and there's a lot of evidence. So I'm not saying, not suggesting anything untoward. It's not for me to say. But I do think that when your fans are putting banners up in the, uh, in the crowd with the names of the fucking QC that's defending you, <laughs> it's getting a little, By bit, the way, a little bit fruity. The best name for a lawyer. Lord Panic. Lord, Lord Panic. Panic. Do you know what yeah. his first name is? What? Don't. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Disco out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, all I'm saying is, you know, I accept that Guardiola is, is it kind of identifies with the club. He loves being at Man City. I get all that. He's a big part of it. He's probably, you know, arguably the most one of well, certainly one of the most important people in their history. And he feels very deeply for the club. And he's a very emotionally led, passionate person. And I don't blame him for defending his his his, his club. I get all that. But don't forget that a lot of the stuff he's saying is just basically nonsense. The previous allegations, though, were 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 slightly different to these, aren't they? Well, they're brought by a different, a different yeah, governing body. Isn't yeah, they? and they were to do more so, as far as I'm aware, to do with sponsorship, whereas... But that's included in this, though. Yeah, whereas this is more to do with financial fair play and, mm. and the breaching of those. There's reportedly over 100 breaches. Um, and, God, 100 breaches, 100 can, of can me. You can barely Imagine. deal with one. Imagine 100 <laughs> breaches. breaches. <laughs> <laughs> um, Terrifying. Guardiola, you know, he was, he was also... I thought what was quite... I thought he handled it all really well in, in the press conference, though, in terms of his... I think he's been quite clever to sort of... Obfuscate. Pitch this <laughs> it's, as, it's like, distraction. us, us yeah. against the world, that kind of thing. Because yeah. now he's basically got everyone at the club 
on side. Oh, and other managers don't have to deal with this. Yeah, because they don't fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, stick behind well, them. Or, well, chiefly, they do it before the rules came in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also did like that he brought a bit of humour to it, obviously referencing if we go down, it's all right, we'll call Paul Dickov. Absolutely yeah. fine. Um, yeah. And and he also um, referred to the Stephen Gerrard slip. He said on whether City should be stripped of their titles or not. He said, I don't know if we're responsible for Stephen Gerrard slipping. I didn't want it out of respect for Stephen Gerrard, but is that our fault? Or... I like that. I like that bit because yeah. he's booting somebody needlessly. Yeah. <laughs> Who's out of a oh, job? Look at that guy over there. <laughs> Don't bully me. Bully the other fella. He's got glasses. Um, but but we saw, we kind of saw that whole um, us against the world mentality. I thought like we saw when the bus arrived at the Etihad. They're not normally greeted by the fans the way they were yesterday. But, but and also, Jules, um, one of the things that confused me... The booing me, of the Premier League well, that's what I was well by say. the fans. I've been to loads of games. I didn't even know there was a Premier no, League. No, I didn't. Game. Did you not? Why is I it? can't even think of it in my mind. It's that... When they walk out. Is it not... Um, is it not um... It's the music when they walk out onto the pitch. That. Right. Okay, right. I mean, it's not like... Y'all ready for this? Yeah, it should be that. <laughs> or um, like it's Sky Sports. Baby, I'm ready to go. It should be that. That's really annoying. So uh, they, they've managed to boo an anthem. So obviously I know for years they've been booing the Champions League anthem, but mm. I, I they managed to boo an anthem that I, as a football fan of many years staying, didn't even know existed. Yeah. Is so, this possible, mate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, might be, yeah. Very good. Um, Roy Keane compared Jack Grealish to Tom Daly when he won Man City's penalty. Is it, I mean, Jack Grealish is behaviour accentuating contact and winning fouls which is basically a special move yeah um, I know at the time that's what he does yeah I can imagine that Keane's upset about that mm. but I, you know, I don't think anyone's seriously arguing it wasn't a penalty I mean he was clear yeah he was um, so I mean you, you want to use it to your advantage no one's arguing that's not a foul it's a kind imagine of imagine using a penalty against your advantage just kicking it away <laughs> yeah, yeah. alright fair enough uh, I was absolutely raging when I saw Mares pick the ball up to take the penalty because yeah. Erling Haaland's a penalty taker and he was my captain oh well Mara, I just like Mares because he just loves breaking Pep's heart. He's just, I keep on going on about Did it, you... but he lives to miss penalties, miss go open goals. I just, he hates Pep Guardiola, but it's... Pep wants to play him all the time because he's, he, it's his Sistine Chapel. He maybe, wants to get it right. Maybe Pep could get him back by saying that it was Riyad Mahrez doing all the admin over the years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he, could do the, he could do the, um, the old, as Andy was saying on Friday, he could be the Kendall Roy. Um, <laughs> you know, and Mahrez did, did make up for that penalty score, Pete, that penalty uh, that he actually scored by, Putting one over the bar. I don't understand how he's missed to that. To such an extent. That is yeah. the most ridiculous miss I've ever seen. But if you look, he's not actually got his eye on the ball. He's looking at the goal and the ball just bobbles up and yeah. it flies through the air. <laughs> it was incredible to watch. It was. He was in disbelief himself, I think, wasn't he? He was yeah. like, I can't believe I've done I've done that. Um, and I think this whole, like, who takes the penalties? It's interesting for fantasy Premier League managers, I think. And then after that, I don't think anyone else really cares. But for the purpose of fantasy football managers... Um, Erling Haaland is the first penalty taker at Man City and yeah. Pep Guardiola said that and he said that he doesn't really know why Mahrez, Mahrez took it and it looked like there was a little bit of like a conversation there or a right. bit of a squabble. Also, it's set against the backdrop of City having a bit of a problem with penalties until mm. Haaland came along. Yeah, and he mm. scored four out of four. Yeah, and, Haaland, and there was a passage of play in that game well, you, you know what I mean where Haaland chases down, um, chases down a, uh, a ball that's kind of a, a weird defensive bit of play and it I've never seen someone move <laughs> yeah. so quick. And, 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 and it looks better because he's so big. Yeah, he's just got such a big gait on him. And and, and if you're a Villa defender, like you can you can be um I, I can understand how, why you don't catch Haaland because his acceleration is ridiculous yeah. and he's big and he's got yeah. such big long legs. But you can certainly close down 
the cross against the oh, yeah, no, exactly. It went past three players just and Gundogan there. just clears up I, at the end. I just sat there thinking, how has he turned that into a goal? <laughs> how has he turned that into a goal? It's just it was an lovely. absolute menace, isn't he? Yeah. Um, however, he is a doubt now for that game on Wednesday because he came off at half-time with uh, some kind of leg slash thigh injury. We're not really sure exactly what it is. Um, but I, I know the thigh is on the leg. So yeah. same thing. Um, but yeah, so he may not. I I personally think it's a precaution, and that Pep's yeah. taken him off because they were three 0 up. You don't need to. You don't need to risk him in the second no. half. Um, but if he does miss that game on Wednesday, that is he big def- news. He definitely hasn't pulled his hamstring because if Erling Haaland pulls his oh, hamstring, yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be like a cable on a suspension bridge twining. <laughs> it was more like I, hear it probably. He was sort of holding the front of his thigh when yeah. when I saw like the images I saw. I don't, I don't, I don't think this is anything too serious. But, but, and, and I think people kind of miss the point. Jules. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, you've, you've diagnosed it. <laughs> I think people miss the point a bit of Haaland when they say, you know, he, he can he can do more. He doesn't affect the game as much. He's a, such a psychological presence for defenders. And I think I mentioned this comparison before, but um, the New England Patriots in the NFL had a tight end called Rob Gronkowski, who's an incredible, like, incredible uh, receiver and, and tight end. Um, and it got to the point for years with him where, even though the play was never going to go to him, they would the opposite team would just double up on him every time because it was so frightened of what he could do. Mm. It would create gaps all over the place. And I just think, even though Harlan takes about fifteen touches a game, you know, two of them are a goal. And um, the defenders can never relax because I think at any minute his mm. movement is so good mm. and his physical attributes are so impressive and his finishing is so good that we can't afford to relax. It doesn't even matter if he touches the ball or not because he's pulling people all over the place. So yeah. you watch the performance in the round. He's a really massively important player for them. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see how Wednesday's going to go. What, what do you reckon, Pete? Big, big Man City win. Big Man City win. A big Man City win. You said it. 2-0. There you go. That's okay. my prediction. 2-0? Two, two yeah. yeah. Well, on Wednesday, ahead of that big title race showdown between Arsenal and Man City. We've actually got a brand new Ramble guide to on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to go back to the last time Arsenal were in a proper scrap for the league and uh, we mean a proper scrap quite literally. It's the Football Rambles guide to Patrick Vieira and Roy Keane. Yes, this is yeah. going to be a good one on Wednesday. Uh, that's going to be in your podcast app uh, on Wednesday morning. But first, tomorrow, Luke is back with Marcus and David for a Ramble Reacts to the Merseyside Derby. That's going to be right here on the Ramble feed first thing in the morning. Big game tonight Massive then. Massive game. I'm Liverpool against Everton. Um, and I think for the first time in years and years and years, Everton actually come into this with a fair bit of confidence that they can win. I think, you know, if you look at the the, the betting odds, Liverpool are huge favourites because of what they've achieved and the kind of team they are and have been over the years. But I think this is a really interesting game tonight. I think Everton will really fancy it. Yeah, and I think Jota's probably going to be back for Liverpool. That can make quite a big difference. If he's up to speed, which I don't mm. think he will be, by the way, but if he is up to speed, that is going to make a big difference because what's going to be great for the neutral is you want Everton to score. Straight away, yeah, and see what kind of Liverpool team you get because I think Liverpool have been the shadow of themselves without the ball, and I wonder what they're like under the pressure at the moment. And Sean Dyche's impact has clearly been so, so felt so quickly, and they've had a bit of time, a bit more time to work mm-hmm. with the players as well because obviously they're playing tonight um, instead of instead of at the weekend. So it's a fascinating poised game. Look, look for a nil-nil. Sean Dyche would be really pleased imagine that though Pete Sean Dyche beating Arsenal and beating Liverpool in his first two games that would be one hell of a start as a new Everton boss like imagine the first first five matches just win every one of them (laughs) what are you worried about there's there's also a situation where where it's obviously Anfield so Liverpool will get a lot of 
they get a lot of patience from their fans. Generally, I think if you look at all the booing that goes along all, all around the other all around the other country and the other in other stadiums, but not against Everton, they ain't mm. gonna they ain't gonna be able to get away with that against Everton. And I think Dyche will pack it in and make it really tough. I think he'll have Mopai Mopai like beavering away. He'll have five in the midfield. He'll have four at the back. It'll it'll be tough for them. Um, but yeah, it'll be a, a law line, a fascinating game. <laughs> Right, that's it from us. Excited for it, yeah. There we go. Merseyside Derby tonight. A bit of reaction to that tomorrow, plus a little special for you on Wednesday. What a week ahead. Right, have a good one, boys. Thank you very much. See you soon. See you Thanks later. for Farewell. listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.